0: It is the Razor, Mr. T. Time to talk a little GSW hoops with the assistant GM who's back at the Big East Tournament at MSG, Bob Myers. Bob, what's going on? How you doing, Bob? Good,
1: guys. How are you? I, I got off with our owner, Joe Lake, up to talk to you guys, so this, I'm hoping this is good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a lot of pressure. You're the one that's supposed to be good. You're, you're the guest. <laughs>
1: No, it's good to be at the Big East tournament. It's, uh, it's a lot of character in this building. Did you? Did you have any good games here, Tom? Do you have any breakout games? with mm-hmm. the energy in the arena?
0: Never played there in college. Played there, obviously, a few times. And my only claim to fame, and it wasn't really much of a claim to fame, is I had a wide open three at the buzzer to win it, and Marv Albert made the call, three to win. No, loser, and we walked off the court. So that was – oh, wait, Tim Tim has it. We always have all my faux pas queued up just people uh, – Oh, yes, people, you're
2: so abused. People
0: ask for him. Go ahead, Tim, if you boy. have it.
2: Skiles yeah. will
0: throw
1: in from
0: the baseline. Skiles for In overtime. I still, I th- th- damn it, I thought it was good too. I still remember that coming off my hands, thinking I just won a game at Madison Square and loser. No, <laughs> you know, I love the call that would have won the game. <laughs> uh, you know, before we get to the Warriors, we have a we have a we're on a little bit of a collision course here. If you take care of one of the worst teams in the Pac-12 this year, and there's a few of them, USC, Arizona, and UCLA will be squaring off in a few days.
1: I know. I hope UCLA wins. We've had a tough week, Tom. I, you're in the media now, so it got hit pretty hard. I ran into Coach Lavin uh, before after the St. John's game. I talked to him for a little bit, and he, you know, there's so much temptation around UCLA's program. It's hard, but you get put under a microscope. But so I'm, I'm. Uh, I know you're an alum of the Wildcats, but uh, I'm hoping the Bruins can can finish the season well for Coach
0: Howland. I think he's a good guy, and I hope he get some wins. Well, here's the thing that surprised me.
2: Not not with the. tell fr- him what you said about Lavin when he was coaching the not team.
0: the well, I thought Lavin was I, I thought Lavin rolled the ball out and let the guys play yeah. when he was there. I thought they literally had one play on offense i uh, I think he's become a much better coach. It hurt me to have to say that to him when we had him on the air because I really like him. I think he's a really cool yeah. guy, but I just thought at that point of his career it was probably the step up was maybe too steep for him at that point, but you can't turn down the job at UCLA, yeah. but just to get to Howland, I'm curious what you thought, because the freshman stuff didn't sway me one way or the other, Bob. I mean, freshmen or freshman, it's your first time away from home, and if you knew what all the freshmen were doing that didn't play basketball and football, I don't think anybody would be shocked. But what surprised me was that Howland, who I've always thought as a disciplinarian, would let some of those guys get away with what they got away with because they could help him win and they were being productive.
1: Yeah, I agree with that, Tom. I, I, that's what's surprising, and, and you hear—I'm sure there's another side to the story. I've seen UCLA practice, and I didn't see any of that. So, I mean, you look—I know, didn't go to every practice, but I saw him practice enough times to see that he ran the practice and he was respected. And you never know. I mean, one bad guy—you've been on teams where one bad guy and you, know, you don't discipline him, and then uh, it, it goes bad from there. So, it, it could easily happen within any program. Uh, but. I never saw it, but that doesn't mean it never happened. I mean, it's just a damaging thing. I yeah. feel bad for the guy. Um, so let's hopefully win some games here. We're not
2: going to feel too bad for UCLA here in Northern California. <laughs> <laughs> I got enough Arizona crap. Uh, now we got to get UCLA. And let's, let's take well, care of it. I...
1: You're a contrarian. We were just having a nice conversation, Tom and I. And you come in, and you just
0: you just throw in a negative comment. I'm
2: sorry if I ruined it for the 12 people who were listening, too. <laughs> hey, you
0: never know. You may have an epic battle between UCLA and USF uh, and the NIT. Just shut up. That'd be unbelievable.
2: Oh, man. <laughs> oh, I have to deal with this all the time. All right, let's 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 move on to the Warriors. The, the, uh... yeah, Joe's
0: listening in the car, so
1: I have I,
2: to I be very careful here. Very careful. <laughs> can, can we... Can we safely say? I know you don't want to talk much about trades or proposed trades, but can we say? I mean, I'm saying if I'm a GM, I'm not going to consider Steph unless he is perfect for the rest of the year because I'm I'm going to be worried about his foot at least into the off season. Do you, do you think that that kind of eliminates him as an as an object you know to be what? traded?
1: Well, first of all, we like him. We don't want to trade him. But if you're talking about of you kind of uh, his value on the league. It's so interesting, and, and how and, and Tom contested this. It's such a "what have you done for me lately" type league where a player will have a couple of good games, and all of a sudden, you know, he's untradable. And a player then will suffer a minor setback or an injury, and uh, you know, he, he's terrible. You got to trade him. And it's it's so easy to get caught up. It's like the stock market, watching one stock go up and down every day. It's so easy to get caught up in that. Where. Sometimes you got to step back and say, is this guy one of the best watchers in the NBA? And actually feel his And yeah, he's had some some minor issues with the, with the foot that we're concerned about, too. But, but it's
2: three or four times, is. Bob.
1: Yeah, it is. I've seen it, and it's a concern. But the thing is, is that if you dig into the issue, you do see that it's. And, and people don't want to hear this,
2: but the latest issue is un- unrelated. Now people are going to say. Tom doesn't this?
0: believe in unrelated. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. Bob. I don't. Well, I don't believe in the the yeah, foot. Is, the foot isn't okay. that big, and I think if <laughs> if something's wrong with the foot and then something happens to that same foot, I'm not going to say medically it's related. But I I know how players compensate, even though they don't know they're compensating. So for me, until that foot from the heel to the big toe is completely healthy then i i gotta think it, it something's happening in that foot that's making it related even though maybe a doctor would say it's not the same thing
1: yeah and you know what the answer is that he's got to play for a sustained amount of time injury free to to get people to uh to, to agree with us and say it's related and and to take an approach so you know what he's beyond it but obviously yeah you miss games people are going to look hard at something like that and um and a player of his caliber, he misses games, people notice. We notice. I mean, we, we don't do that well when he doesn't play. I mean, we struggle. We need him. He's one of our best players.
0: Let me ask you how close you think I am on Andres Biedrens. Here's what I think about Andres Biedrens. I think the confidence is, is completely and utterly shot at this point that Mark Jackson is saying all the right things, and he's playing nine or ten minutes a night because – well, you're paying the guy $11 million. You want to see if you can get something out of this guy. You don't want to bury him on the bench and completely lose him for the rest of the season. So you throw him out there, see if he can do something. If not, Epe Udo is going to garner the rest of those minutes. And you do need two centers, so it would be nice to have him give you something. But for me, his confidence is shot, and I don't know that it's coming back anytime soon. Yeah, you know,
1: what? his confidence is down. Uh, and and if anything else would be, you know, it's just false. So I agree with you that his confidence is down. Anybody that's watching can see it. And Mark's had him for three months, I guess. He took over the team mid-December, uh, rushed into it. And the hope is that Mark, because he is who he is, can get through to Anderson that go rebound, go defend, and don't worry about anything else. But, but at the same time, a player if he plays well if he's confident, and, and if you're running away from the ball, clearly you're not going to play well. So something has to change and click within him. We're not ready to say it's not going to happen, but we're concerned. And uh, hopefully in a role in a, in a, in a where he's coming off the bench with even less pressure, he doesn't feel like he has to do anything, and hopefully he can grow into that. He's only done it for a couple of games. But sure, we wish we had a lot more out of him. I mean, to say anything else is disingenuous. Yeah. Um,
2: well, I believe he he, when he
1: yeah.
2: when he made his remarks, I think he was almost too honest, Bob. We're talking about... Yeah. Bob Myers assistant GM of the Warriors he said when they asked him about not starting he said uh I'm you know how does it feel he said I don't mind it when coach told me he was going to start me on the bench if that helps our team that's fine with me I'm trying to be a good teammate the best I can do in this situation uh I'll always be like that in good times or bad that's just the way my personality is and then he says that he would like to start but I mean this guy as I said he's too honest he's such a nice kid and He's got no fire in his belly. I mean, the, geez, I mean, he was on his way to a really good career. He got a real good career's worth of money already. I don't know if that has had any effect on his play. He's one of the guys that you would think it would not affect his play. But clearly he's yeah. got his free throw thing and everything else. But he's, he's way too happy or way too satisfied or maybe content. is he mean, way too content not to be starting.
1: Yeah, you know, I don't know if he's content, Ralph. I mean, I think his comments would, would, would show that if you look at it one way, you say he's a great teammate, he's just doing what the coach says. The more important thing is what is he feeling? And if you read into his thoughts and take him at face value, clearly if you're a competitor, you want to play. You want to start. You want to play 30 minutes a night. So you hope that's what he's thinking inside. Uh, what he says publicly isn't concerned us as much because, look, if he says, hey, I want to start, this is ridiculous, what's coach doing? That doesn't play well either. Yeah. If he says, you know what, I don't mind, whatever helps the team, company line, party line, and then he's privately upset, I can live with that, we can live with that. So you hope it's eating at him in some capacity uh, in his competitive nature. I mean, that's that's what we hope. Um, that, that, that's, that would be great if that actually happened. But publicly, if if a player ever says, I'm content in a minor role, I, as, a, as a front office, you you wish players want more, and we hope he does.
2: What do you think will happen with Dwight, Dwight Howard?
1: Well, um, if we conference it, Joe, he's he's got a, a checkbook and he can write it when I get fined for commenting on, the, <laughs> on Dwight Howard. Well, not but,
2: not not but compared, Howard. not relative to the Warriors, <laughs> but just hey, me, he's let either going to stay in with Orlando <laughs> or he's not. Let me
1: answer it generally. I can't even do that, Ralph. But let me answer it generally. Any time a team has a star player. Um, in the way that the way the league's set up now,
2: you are talking about if the team had a star player. That's a good way to do it.
1: If a team has a star player, it, uh, NBA one player is twenty percent of your team out there, and 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 even more than that. It's not baseball, football. You're playing one one side, and, and you know you only get one at bat every three innings. You're you're a, uh, a great player. You're impacting the game more than twenty percent offensively and defensively. Because if you're great, you're getting a lot of touches on the offensive end, and defensively, if you're an impactful player you're covering more than 20% of of the ground defensively. So if you have a guy like that that's that good, you face a really difficult decision um, in how to keep those type of players happy. And it's difficult because you've got great coaches that instill discipline and then at the same time recognizing that sometimes one player can be more important than the coach, the GM, and you never want it to be that way but you get caught in difficult situations so it's a very hard decision to make for any team that has a high profile player how to how to make those type of decisions huge decisions decisions that are probably made at the ownership level
0: hey bob what do you suspect that the new cba in regards to free agency and making it tougher to leave your team the compensation isn't going to be where it once was the sign and trades aren't going to be available like they once were what type of impact do you think that will have in the first year of free agency under the new CBA,
1: But uh, you know what, Tom? I think the new CBA compresses salary because it used to be you're just paying money for going over the over the cap. It's mm-hmm. just dollars, which is not nothing. But to an owner, it's just writing a bigger check. Now, what they what they have identified as uh, system issues, now you're punished for it. Your uh, ability to be flexible via trade. Uh, your ability to do other things under the rules are diminished if you go into the luxury tax. So what's gonna happen is players that were making ten, now they're gonna start making eight. Players that are making fifteen and seventeen, if you can still justify a star star player, those guys are gonna get their money. But the players in the middle making eight, now they're gonna make six. Player making five is going to make three. But what's gonna happen now if you have a guy uh, that would like to use a sign and trade as leverage to get to the team he wants used to be he could have his cake and eat a two, meaning He could get all the years he wanted to, as if he was staying with his team, all the big percentage increases, and go where he wants to go. And you saw a lot of that in the last two, three years. Now the way the sign-and-trade rules work is it's the same thing as you were an unrestricted non-Bird player. And we can get into the kind of gets convoluted. But essentially a sign-and-trade now gets you no more money than if you left and just signed with a new team that had cap space. So what it'll do is it, it was meant to encourage teams to keep your own player. Uh, And it it does that in one sense. Again, like Carmelo? Yeah, I mean, mean, a player like him would, last year, prior to the new CBA, a player like him would say, I'd like to leave so when I get to a new team, they have my bird rights, and I can sign, make the money, get to the team I want. Now, if you're, there's a couple of things you can't do now. You can't do a sign and trade and get the more money in the more years, and you can't do an extension and trade. So it does promote keeping players in one sense, but at the same time, if a player is dead set on leaving, it also doesn't give you any flexibility to have the player work with you, because you used to be able to say, okay, you're leaving, let's do a sign-and-trade. Let's let's get something back for you. Now a player says, you know what, in a sign-and-trade, I get no more money in working with you than if I just leave on my own to a team that has room. So it cuts both ways, and the player still is the one in control of his destiny, which a lot of people don't like, but the reality is, and, and Tom played, you know what, guys are allowed to be free agents. Players are allowed to do what they want to do. You may like it, you may not like it, but maybe two times in an NBA player's career, he gets to go play where he wants to play. So you can like it and not like it if you're a fan, but it it should be something that's allowed. But in basketball, one player can turn the tide of a franchise so much, maybe more than any other sport, that it gets so much media attention, and that's why people focus on the rules. and, And You don't see it as much in other sports. Now, NFL's got the franchise tag, but it's
2: interesting to see how these new CBA rules will play out. Hey, Bob, let me, let me just ask you philosophically. It sounds on the face of things like it's really uh, tough to justify trading for a guy who's going to be a free agent in a few months, regardless of who he is. I mean, unless you're relatively certain that he's going to re sign with you or stay with you, I mean, isn't it? Dumb to give up anything of value in that situation, unless you're really, really convinced that he's going to stay, or you're going to be able to convince him. I mean, that sounds like, a, from a risk reward standpoint, point really risky.
1: Well, every trade, Ralph, and I'm not going to get into that. I think I know what you're referring to specifically.
2: No, but I'm just every talking trade, about philosophically. Well, really?
1: And, yeah, yeah, philosophically. Any trade you do, is a cost benefit to it. Uh, what are you getting back? What are you giving up? And I think anytime you analyze a trade. And what you're getting back, you do have to be realistic and say, how happy is this player going to be in our system, in our city, with our coach, with his contract? So it doesn't matter who you're trading for. It's naive and ill-advised to make a trade without thinking about the future of your team with that player in it. And so you do have to look at all angles and say, how does this guy fit with us? How does he fit with our teammates? Is he good with our coach? Is he good with our timeline? Do you want to trade for a guy that's 33 years old near the end when we're a young team? So you're right. Every time you look at anything philosophically, you have to look at what you're getting back and how that fits with what you have, and personalities play a big part in that.
0: Bob Myers, the assistant GM of the Golden State Warriors, just, uh, Ralph, a real feel-good story coming from the mean streets of Danville and the underprivileged <laughs> underprivileged education over at, that. over at Monta Vista High School and uh, to end yeah. up back at home with the Golden State Warriors. I don't, I don't know how you made it through, Bob.
2: I know. A, a real to success danville. story.
1: Really
0: be careful
2: going into Danville because it uh, it can eat you alive. Monte it, Ellis can
0: relate. You're, you're you're right about that. The only problems I have going to Monta Vista when I go to a football game, one of my best friends, Craig Bergman's the football coach over there. The only problems I have is when I walk to the parking lot. It's a little dark, so I'm not really concerned about getting mugged. I'm worried about running my knee into one of the kids' BMWs and having to pay the premium for him.
2: No, but you know Tom... That's the, a big the, that's a bigger no, issue over there. You know, you know There's what the so truth many
0: damn is. BMWs in that parking lot. It's you know incredible. what the truth is oh, they're, they're
2: trying to hide this, but it is true. There are some people over there who don't live in gated communities. <laughs> there are there are a few precious few.
1: We can keep doing
2: this all night. <laughs> we sure can. We got plenty of material. You don't want to talk about the trades? We'll show you. <laughs>
0: uh, hey, Bob, we really appreciate the Say time. hello to Joe for He'll, us. Uh, yeah, tell Joe we said hi, and let's do it again soon, ma'am.
1: All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Right, thanks a lot, Bob. A